0: Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving, and life-changing. Take care. So whose problem is it? And what's the problem? What's your problem? I mean, not what's your problem, like you have a problem, but do you have a problem that you care about? And I think that's the biggest part of what we are talking about during this entire series of today's battles is that we do have a problem. We have an enemy. We're fighting an enemy. There's an enemy of the church. There's an enemy of the Christian. There's armor that we need to, to wear to make sure that we can fight off the, 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 the attacks of the enemy. But here's one of my fears. Here's one of my concerns about, um, about our church and about any church and mostly about Christians is that we tend to get complacent. We tend to kick back. We tend to say things like, um, "I've done my share. It's time for the next generation to do theirs." Yeah, I've done my stuff, and I don't. I've I, you know I've worn myself out, and um, I'm done, or I'm tired, or I'm and so we tend to get complacent because we start wrapping things around ourselves rather than the cause or the problem. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Now I'm going to talk about a ministry that is not complacent that we have partnered with, and it's called Pacific Camps. I don't know if you've heard of Pacific Camps, but we have just recently partnered with Pacific Camps. They are currently, uh, just last Monday, started renting from us our facility so that they can be a before and after school care ministry to kids in our community and mostly to families. And the beauty of their... uh, Their mission statement is that it perfectly aligns with ours, their desire is to bring Jesus into families who need Jesus and desire to uh, reach those kids through before and after school care. And so it's a a beautiful uh, connection, it's a beautiful partnership, and if you see their vans, which are in the very corner of the parking lot, that's who they are, Pacific Camps, they use our facility during the week, they make... Uh, they, they, and they're amazing. They clean it up and everything, get it re- for, uh, ready for Sunday. And uh, they're just a great, great uh, ministry. And so if you have friends or family that, um, or coworkers that need before and after school care, or, uh, and, and the beauty is with, like when school isn't in session, they are full time, 7 to 6 on, on, on any day, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., and they are taking the kids out and doing all kinds of activities with them and all those things. And so it's a really, really cool ministry. And uh, praise God, we are partnering with them. They are renting from us. And we are just ex- experiencing a great camaraderie of ministry. So I thought well, you guys needed to know that. And we're blessed to have them as part of what we're doing. Yeah. And Stacy, the director, is here. I think she's right back there. She is the director of, the, of, of Pacific Camps here on this campus, and we are blessed, and she's amazing. And, so. and really, that ministry, like our ministry, was born out of an understanding that the mission of the church is to reach those that do not know Jesus and make disciples of those that do not know Jesus. And so our mission is to uh, enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness, while at the same time growing in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so our passion, our desire is to do everything we can to reach people that don't know Jesus and and do everything we can to reach out to this community. And here's the the challenge is that quite often in a church, everybody will look to the pastor and go, go, you go, pastor, you go do that. Everything you're talking about, you go. You go. We've got other things to do. We're busy. I got a job. I get it. I I get it. I understand that I got a job part. I get the I got kids part. I get the whole thing. But there is not a thing that we are to do in life that doesn't involve Jesus. I'm gonna be unapologetic about that, that everything we do, you are in your workplace because God placed you there to be a testimony, a story, a witness, and an effect. And here's what happens in, in a world like we live in today. We kind of get lulled into, well, at least everything isn't going bad. At least I, I'm, I've got a job. At least I've got this. And, and we're doing everything to protect ourselves from a challenge, from a, a, a test from a a difficult situation, and we become complacent because what we do, and and here's the the crazy thing about the whole word complacent. I thought it was about, it's it's like complacent is all about kicking back and becoming just this uh, relaxed individual that doesn't care about anything. What the real definition of complacency is, listen to this, a self-satisfied state of negligence or carelessness, especially in relation to one's personal situation. Now, if you go to the Bible, and it even goes a little bit deeper in that, in that the whole word of complacency means that we have become completely self-centered. And everything is about us and not about the world and the mission of God. And I'm here to say today that we never want to be a church that is all about us. We want to be a church that is about the mission of God. Mission of God, yeah. Now, why do people become complacent? Why do we become the the, the people that kind of turn inward instead of outward? It's because uh, we're satisfied, first of all, with the status quo. Like I said, we're okay with the way things are. We're okay with uh, us being in church and other people not. And that's scary. That's a scary way to think as a church. We cannot be that because our only reason for existence is our mission. Otherwise, Jesus would say, all right, you're saved, boom, let's kill you and let's take you to heaven. <laughs> really? I mean, that, that would be kind of quick and easy, but then the whole evangelistic thing would be difficult because um, if you become a Christian, you die. That, right? That would discourage others from becoming Christians. At least those that are hanging on to this world. Let's be real. We're satisfied with the status quo. Some of us are afraid of change. And so we don't want to get involved. We don't want to to do something that's going to challenge us to live a different lifestyle than what mission living is required. Requires of us. And as a result, we are afraid of change. The pain of current existence is perceived as less painful than the change that might happen if we become... Not complacent, but involved. Because involved requires commitment, time, energy, resources, talent, all of those things that all of us have in this room. Another reason people become complacent is because we, we say, and I've said this already, I've put in my time. I've done my share of caring. And that would say that there's a point where Jesus stops. And everything becomes about us. And that's not true. And I know there's some, some people that might be showing a few gray hairs in the room. And you might have lived a lot of life and you might have done a lot of things. But there's never a point of stopping. There's never a point of stopping our mission. There's never a point of stopping what God has called us to do. Because as long as God has given us breath, He's given us a cause. And that cause is the desperate need for people to know Jesus. We want change in our world. The best way and and the only real way to change our world is to offer Jesus to our world. Yeah. You can't stop. I know as pastors we always have visions and dreams and and they're usually pretty big because if it's a vision that's given by God, it's always going to be dependent on God to fulfill it. And so it's always going to be bigger. So the goals don't seem achievable. That's another reason people become complacent. It's like, man, that pastor wants to reach hundreds, if not thousands of people. I don't, that's bigger than I am. You're right. You're right. It's bigger than all of us. This county needs Jesus. This county needs Jesus. And it's, and it's going to take every church in the county Do you understand? There's not enough churches in Ventura County to house the people that need Jesus. So it doesn't hurt to plant a church. It doesn't hurt to grow a church. It doesn't hurt to reach out to a church. I'm not threatened by other churches coming into the community. Why? Because there's not enough yet to reach all the people that need Jesus. And if we were to reach our entire county, we would have a problem, a really good one, in collecting everybody together and of course small groups would become imperative as we get bigger we have to stay smaller the goals don't seem achievable there's a lack of joy in the church that's another reason that um, uh, complacency sets in Is when we're not feeling that joy we don't feel that sense of i've got something to share right and we're going through tough times. We're facing challenging moments in, in the world. We face the cancel culture. And we do all this stuff. And we're like, I don't know. And I just don't have the happiness to do it. And I don't have the joy to do it. Joy doesn't depend on circumstances. Happiness does. But joy comes from the promise that Jesus is going to, that he has saved us. And that we will be saved. And we are on our way to heaven. And we are going to spend eternity with him. That's where the joy comes from. Not from our sickness. And the ultimate truth about complacency is it comes from selfishness. It comes from our own desire to be at peace and to not rock the boat and to not mess up our schedules, to not mess up our our lives. When in reality, we have to understand that if we are going to answer the call to become a Christian, we cannot just look at Christianity as a fire uh, uh, insurance escape, but we have to look at it as I'm not only answering the call to be Christian in a relationship with Jesus, but once I do that, I am answering the call to become a disciple, which means I'm following Jesus. And if I have to, I'll follow him to hell with a squirt gun. I promise you, you can put out fires anytime, place with a squirt gun, as long as it's done in the name of Jesus Christ. There's nothing. There's nothing that we have to give up when we follow Jesus. Amen? Yeah. Amen. So let's look at a couple of passages of Scripture that describe the danger of complacency. Proverbs 1:32 says this, For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. So the whole simple truth is is that complacency is destructive. If we become complacent, if we become inward thinking instead of outward thinking, if we stop doing what God has called us to do, the Lord said in one place in Scripture, He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? We want to say, Lord, Lord, I love you. I'm so glad I'm going to heaven, but please don't ask me to do anything. And I know this is kind of... Just straight up preaching in your face, on your toes, all those kinds of things. But it's the truth. It's what God is calling us to do. This is destructive activity if we become complacent and stop caring about the world and our cause and our relationship with Jesus. Jeremiah forty nine thirty one shows us an example of what complacency looks like. It says, uh, arise and attack a nation at ease which lives in confidence, declares the Lord, a nation that has neither gates nor bars. Its people live far from danger. This is a really interesting passage of Scripture. Arise and attack a nation at ease. The easiest prey is the one that has grown complacent. The enemy will come at anybody who's sitting back and going, it's all about me. I'm just relaxed. I've got my fire insurance. I don't want to worry about anything else. I don't want to be involved in the battle. I, if I could just stay in my home and, and just relax and not do anything, well, that, the enemy is going to attack you. Because you're not in the battle. You don't have the armor on. You are at ease. You have, you've, you've let down your gates. You have no bars. You, you live as though there is no enemy. And that's a complacent person and we cannot let complacency take uh, and make us vulnerable. We have to be a church that is on point, that is aware that there is an enemy, that we are ready to fight, that we have the full battle armor on and we are ready to use the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. We're ready to use the shield of faith and protect us from the enemy that wants to throw those darts of doubt and and, and fear and all those things at us. Why? Because we're going to put up faith instead of fear. And we're going to experience the joy of knowing that, that we are not being complacent, we're not opening the doors. We're not throwing down the gates of of protection of our spirit and our hearts. We are going to not be complacent because complacency is subtle. Yes, we can all be comfortable, but that's the time when we're not guarding ourselves. When we let down our guard, we all of a sudden, boom, get hit by the enemy. We can't be complacent. And complacence is a slow Drift away from where we belong. Hebrews 2, verse 1 says this We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through the angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? The salvation which was first announced by the Lord was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. In other words, what, what, what the writer of Hebrews is simply saying is this, is that we have to take seriously what has happened in our lives and, and promote it to those around us. Because if we don't, we will soon drift back into the life that we came from. And we can't drift away. Complacency is that relaxation. Complacency is, is, is lifting the anchor and letting the boat just float. And it's not good. It's not good. Your life, my life will, will drift away if we don't keep focus on the mission that God has for us. If we don't understand. I, I used to uh, drive tractor on uh, this big, huge farm. And I, I I drove tractors on different farms, and it was really fascinating to drive uh, tractors on a farm that didn't have a, a lot of land and didn't have a lot of money, because their tractors were uh, usually cat uh, like um, uh, diesel tractors that you would you drive and, and you use these um, levers to move it all, and 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 you go along and you're pulling um, <clears throat> stuff behind you. If you don't keep your eye on where you're going, and the farmers would always make of me because i was kind of a squirrel guy and i would start looking over here and pretty soon i'd look back and i'm doing this i love the farmers out here because man they just make these straight crazy straight lines my my farming was always kind of woo-woo. every once in a while I'd, I'd drift off if i'm along a fence line and i'd catch a little bit of the fence and then i'd rip out a whole bunch of the fence <clears throat> not good So, you always have to keep your eye on the direction that you're going. And this, if if we don't pay close attention to our faith, we will drift. And that's why it's important for us as a church to have a clear vision, a clear purpose statement, a clear understanding of what we are about, our values, our direction, our strategy. All of those things are defined, clearly defined. And if you're new to our church, come to Journey 101 because we'd like to help clarify those things for you. But we are all about doing everything we can to enter into the journeys of those who have yet to experience Jesus Christ and His love, grace, and forgiveness. And, and that's our mission. That's our cause. That's nothing that's ever going to change because we're walking into a community that needs Jesus Christ. And that's what we're all about. So we can't drift. And lastly, we need to understand that complacency is a sin. It's something that separates us from God. Ezekiel 16, 49 says this. It says, Now this was the sin of your system, Sodom, if you don't know anything about Sodom, it didn't have a good ending. They got toasted. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and needy. They were haughty and did detestable things before me. Therefore I did away with them, as you have seen. Unconcerned, it's the same concept of complacency. They lost a genuine concern for their community. And church, we cannot do that. Why do we want to take an entire Sunday and pack hygiene packs and lunch packs? Because we have to develop a concern in our heart for those outside these walls. And when we do that, and when we prioritize that, and when we show that we're not just about this experience, we're about other experiences as well that communicate our values and everything that we're about, that's why we do a Serve the City Sunday. Is so that we, we, we develop this culture about who we are, that we're more about being like Jesus than just being in the comfortable setting of this kind of experience. And I think it's valuable. I think it's huge. And so we have to understand that complacency is a sin. Now, this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. I don't have time to deal with arrogance or overfed. Guilt, 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 because I love to eat. And unconcerned. When we don't care, we are sinning. When we say that it's all about us and it's not about the world, or when we say it's all about us and I'll get to the world if I can, it's a sin. It's a sin. It separates us from the very heart of God who sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to come to this planet so that you and I could have salvation. Complacency is just the opposite of the heart of God. So what is the heart of God? What is the battle that we're fighting in complacency? It's simply the the word compassion. Complacency or compassion. We can have an uncaring heart or we can have a caring heart, which is the idea of compassion. I love what Matthew 14, 13 says. It says, When Jesus heard what happened, John the Baptist was beheaded. He heard what happened. He withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. John the Baptist was the one who prepared the way for Jesus. He was a cousin of Jesus and a very powerful person in Jesus' life. And it hurt him to know that John had been beheaded. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd. Listen to this. He had compassion on them and healed their sick. In his grief, he said, my, my grief isn't as important as the needs of the people. How many of us would say, hey, I'm grieving. I don't have time to care for the world. Hey, I'm grieving. I, I, you don't understand what I'm going through. I'm going through it, the loss of a friend, the loss of a family member, the loss of anything. And I really don't have time to care for people. Jesus said he had compassion on them and healed their sick. He got beyond himself and said, I am here to meet the needs of these people and he healed them. We have to lose the excuse of I'm too busy. I've got too much to do. Uh, I'm emotionally drained. All these things. And I, I get it. I've been there. I am there sometimes. And I feel like I don't want to see another face. I don't want to see another person. I just want to be by myself. Let me be. And I get it. But the reality is is that if Jesus is saying, "I, I just lost my cousin to be, because he was beheaded, and I'm grieving, but all of a sudden these, all these people show up with needs, I'm going to get beyond my grief, and I'm going to do everything I can to show them compassion." Are we using too many excuses? Are we using too many things to, 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 to say, "I can't?" when we should be saying? I'll put myself aside, and I will. I will. I will get involved. I will minister to the needy. I will touch the heart of those that are struggling. I will do everything I can. If I see a need, I'll do everything I can to meet it. James, and we don't have time to go into this, but James, the book of James, talks about that, that if you see a need, what good is it if you just pat the person on the back and say, I'll pray for you on your way? When in your car you have a care package. Which is what we're going to make available next week. Just an unapologetic plug. Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Clothe yourselves, put on. This compassion, it only comes from a relationship with Jesus. The same compassion we have received from Him, we should be extending to others. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, you guys are still with me. Good. If we're going to fight complacency, we must be compelled. Compelled. 2 Corinthians 5.14 says this, "...for Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died." He, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Paul is saying to the Corinthian church that we, his Christ's love, the love that we've ex- experienced, the love that we have in our heart, compels us to share our faith with others. How many of you have a must in your life? I must do this. I must. Every Christian should have a must. We should have something in our lives, something on our mirror that says, I must give my time to the needy. I must give my finances. I must, whatever it is, I must share my faith. I must show my love or God's love to the people in my life. If we don't have a must, and all of our must may be towards us, I must do something for myself. I must, I must, I must. And we have our own must that point towards us, but we don't have a must that goes out, then we are not in compliance or we are not in alignment with the heart of God. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all. We are convinced that what Jesus did for us must be shared with the world. So if we're not involved in a must, we're missing something in our lives. We're missing something in our relationships. We're missing opportunities that God is putting in front of us because we don't see it as a must. We see it as an option. We see it as a, as, as a, a an maybe. My, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll get involved in that. Maybe if I have time, I'll put my must in, 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 in the uh, if I have leftovers. Then I'll do my must. Well, it's not a must if it's leftovers. It's leftovers. Because the must comes first. So we must reach the people that God has put in front of us. We must do everything we can to reach people in our community. We must do everything we can to enter into journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness. Because that's what we are about. That's what the Bible tells us. It's not Pastor Ricardo making up some mission statement. It's the gospel, it's the the Bible that tells us that we are to go and make disciples of all nations. It's a command. It's a mission statement. It's everything that God has put in front of us and we cannot become become complacent about it. And lastly, we must become cognizant or aware of the need that's out there. I don't know about you, I'm hesitant to say what I'm about to say but I'm going to say it anyway. One of my favorite parts of life is hanging out with people that don't know Jesus. I love hanging out with you guys. I love talking about life. But every time I hang out with someone that doesn't know Jesus, it becomes clearer and clearer why I exist. Why we exist as a church is because if we don't shine our light into the hearts and lives of people, they will die without Jesus. They will die without Jesus. And I honestly, I love hanging out with people that don't know Jesus. They're real, they're raw, they say things that, like, for some of us, we go, <laughs> first of all, when they start saying things that make me go, Ugh! I almost get excited because they feel comfortable enough around me to be themselves. And I want that. Because I'm not there to change them. I'm there to introduce them to the person that can change them. I'm there to introduce them to the person that can make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And so I want to be in the dark places. I want to be in the uncomfortable places. I want to be in those places that kind of go, uh, uh," whatever. You know, we have those little places that we think are, oh, no, I can't be, uh, uh." (laughs) I want to be there. I want to hang out there. Because that is where the light shines the brightest. That is where Jesus has called us to be. In dark places where our light can shine. And where we can make a difference. And if we're not aware of the need that is out there, then we aren't going to put ourselves there. We aren't going to be motivated. If you don't know a need, then it's hard to meet one, right? If you're not aware, then it's hard to meet one. I remember I I pastored for 13 years, and I burnt out at the end of 13 years. And I went into the corporate world. And one of the things that that experience taught me is how theoretical everything I was preaching was. Because I, I wasn't living in, in the life or the experience that everyone in everyday life lives. You guys live in tough spots. You guys, if you're working in, in a secular setting and, and you don't live in that Christian bubble all the time, you are going through some stuff with people. Because there are some people that are just living dark lives. And they don't know any different. That's why you're there. But one of my favorite things was realizing that as I was hanging out with these truck drivers and they were telling me stories I did not want to hear, I was privileged to begin to bring Jesus into the conversation somehow, some way. And, and Jesus, all of a sudden, I, I think I've told this story before, but I would have truck drivers walk in. They'd walk into my office and they'd shut the door. And I'm like, mm-hmm. They shut the door. That means we're talking about something special. If they left the door open, it's all business. I'm there to drive results. But if they shut that door, Jesus is entering the room. That's when the light shines. It's when Jesus comes in. It's when lives change. I've got guys that I used to work with in those Aramark uniform services that I still talk to. And we still pray for each other and all those kinds of great connections that were made. It's pretty amazing. We can't grow complacent. We can't grow self-satisfied. We can't grow self-motivated. We can't be so self-concerned that we ignore the needs around us. We have to allow Jesus to, to bring the care into our hearts, that we have to allow uh, ourselves to get connected with people that have needs. And it doesn't mean that it's just the person with the, the cardboard on the street corner. It's your neighbor. It's your coworker. It's your boss. It's, your, it's whoever you connect with. That's where Jesus needs to be made known. We need to care for those people. It doesn't matter if they're rich or poor. Don't get an impression that the rich don't need Jesus. They need Jesus. And so do the poor and everybody in between. We must be compelled. Do you have a must in your life? I must do this. Are you aware of the needs? Do you see what's happening around us? Jesus said in Matthew 9, he says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. That's an awareness. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Next week, we're not just going to pack bags for someone else to give away. We're going to pack bags for you to give away. For you to be the face of Jesus on the hearts and lives of people. We can't grow complacent. We must be a church with a must. And we have a must. That we must enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness. Are you with me? Amen. Praise God. Let's pray. and Let's ask God right now to melt our hearts For the needs of people, and to make us aware, and to give us a must. Jesus, I pray that you, in your power, in your grace, in your mercy, would right now fill us with your love, fill us with your grace, fill us with your power, fill us with every ounce of energy and passion. And give us that must in our hearts, Lord, that we cannot live without achieving something for you, that we cannot live without daily thinking about an opportunity to share your love and grace with those around us. God, we want to see the need of our community. We realize the greatest need of our community is you and salvation and hope. No matter whether they're rich or poor, it doesn't matter, Lord. Whoever it is, they need Jesus in their lives. And I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would move on us and move us to compassion. Not just a feeling, but an action. Not just a a, a weepy eye, but a genuine concern that moves us to beyond our, our feeling, to our emotion, to our action. I pray, Father, right now that you take Journey Church Ventura, and you put in our hearts a culture of love for our community. God, that when people see us wherever we are, they feel love, they feel compassion, they feel like we're doing something to make a difference. That we're not just religious people, but we're people that promote a relationship with you who have the biggest and most compassion for our world. Bleed through us, Lord, your love, your compassion, your grace, your mercy into the lives of people around us. Lord, may this be a church full of compassion. May we be individuals full of compassion for our neighbors, for our coworkers, for our, our, our family, whoever it may be. God, help us to see and be aware of the need around us. I pray for your anointing on Journey Church Ventura And our compassion would just grow beyond measure. And you enable us, empower us, equip us, give us everything we need to do all you want us to do. We pray that in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for those that may not know you today. I pray that you would open the hearts of anybody who does not know you today and that they would experience this moment your compassion for their lives because you came and died on a cross out of your love for us, so that we could experience the forgiveness of our sins. If you're here today, and you have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness, but you're ready today to say yes to Jesus, because he loves you, he's had compassion on you, then I want you to pray this simple prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Thank you for dying on a cross. Thank you for giving me hope. And today I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I pray that you would, uh, I accept the forgiveness that you've given me, and I believe that you were raised from the dead, and that is why I believe and have faith that I will spend eternity with you. And Lord, I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I pray that in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Yeah. If you prayed that prayer today, I just want you to let us know that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I'm happy to tell you, and you'll hear stories in the the coming weeks, hopefully, that there are several people that are uh, making commitments to faith. And I'm very, very excited about that. So we're going to tell their stories in the future, and it'll be very, very exciting. But it's happening. It's happening. And I'm excited about that. Yeah. But let us know. If you accepted Christ online, click the Connect button. Let us know. If you accepted Christ here, pull out that connection card in front of you and let us know. We have a special event happening right now and that event is called Back to School Bash and so I am going to do this I'm going to invite our kids I think they're waiting in the wings and I'm going to invite our kids to all come up and I'm going to invite our parents to come up and meet them school starting and we believe that this is one of the most challenging um, (laughs) incredible crazy experiences that you can be a part of is school right now Right? I mean, it, it's, it's incredible what's going on in our schools. And so we want to take time to pray, whether you're homeschooling, whether you're in public school, private school, doesn't matter. We want all parents, all students to come on up. And if you are a teacher or an administrator, or you work in the school in any way, shape or form, hey guys, come on up. Come on up front and let's pray for our students. Let's pray for our parents. And let's pray for our school administrators and teachers. So we want everybody to come up. I think they're on their way in. They're just about here. We planned this. I'm actually early. Do you like how short that message was? Huh? Here they come. Yeah. Captain Rebecca. Rebecca. And parents, come on up, hang out with your kids, and we're gonna, you guys are amazing. I love you holding hands. Hello, welcome. Hi, guys. Hi, guys, you are amazing. You look good. Dave, you look good too. Hi. Awesome, awesome. Parents, come on up. Hang out with your kids. Don't take them back to your seat. Don't take them out of the building yet. We're going to have a prayer time. Look at this. You guys, we have an amazing. I, I I really want to say this, and you need to hear this. Two and a half, almost three years ago, we had nine children in children's ministry. This is two and a half, three three years ago, we had nine children in children's ministry. Look at this now. It's going crazy. All right. Okay, kids. Are you guys excited about the balloon drop? All right. Well, it's not gonna happen right now. Okay. We're gonna do it in just a minute. But I wanna say this. I wanna say. I wanna encourage all of you kids, first of all, we love you. And you are a priority here at Journey Church Ventura. And we are always gonna do everything we can to help you know Jesus, to love Jesus, and to share Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Kids trump everything here at Journey Church. And uh, we're excited about that. Parents, we understand the pressure you experience and are going through in this crazy world we live in. It's not easy parenting, period let alone add the kind of crazy culture we have um, today. And so we're going to pray for you as well. And then I'd like for the teachers and administrators to raise their hands. If you're a teacher, administrator, over here, over there, over there, right here. All right. Back here. And, and come on up. Yeah, Sarah, are you here? I want to make sure we pray for Sarah. Sarah's over here. Okay, good, good. You guys that are in the schools, that are teaching, private, public, it doesn't matter. You are making a difference. And I just want you to know we love you and appreciate you. We realize it's a battle, but it's a battle worth fighting. And we're going to fight it with you. So let's pray and ask God's blessing. And then we're going to see some balloons drop. Okay. And Captain Rebecca is going to come up in just a moment and explain everything, right? So you got a microphone right over there. You want to grab that microphone? But let's pray, and I want to pray for you students, I want to pray for parents, and then we'll pray for the the teachers and administrators, and any other worker that's in the school as well. God, we just thank you so much for all these kids, and we know, Lord, that your desire for them is to know you and to make you known. And I pray right now, in the name of Jesus, that no matter what kind of educational process they're in, whatever campus they're at, whatever home they're in, we pray that most importantly, they would know you first and foremost, and that they would be able to carry your values, your love, your grace into their school and love on the students around them, love on the teachers, love on the administrators, and I pray your blessing on these students. We pray that you protect their hearts. Protect their hearts, Lord. Keep them solid and strong and healthy, and Lord, may they, no matter what value may oppose you, we pray that they would stand strong with your values, your love, and your word in their hearts. Lord, I pray for the parents. I pray for wisdom and grace, Lord, that as they parent their children and as they have even more influence than these schools, I pray that you give them the strength, the courage, the wisdom, Lord, in parenting their their children, keeping them safe and healthy, and being disciple makers of their kids. I pray your blessing, and protection on the hearts and lives of these parents. We pray for the administrators. We pray for the school teachers. We pray for janitors. We pray for whatever involvement our our people have in the schools. We pray that you bless them. Anoint them to be difference makers. Anoint them to be people of faith. Anoint them, God, to have wisdom in knowing how to navigate the challenges they face each day. And I pray your blessing on them right now in Jesus' name. And so, Lord, we declare that we are going to take a stand for you in our schools, in our, uh, our, our homes, wherever we are. I pray you bless this group of students right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.